Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Are you caring for an aging loved one? Are you a senior searching for answers? Welcome to Senior Care Live, a program dedicated to you. Providing information, education, and resources for seniors and their caregivers. And now, America's senior care consultant, Steve Keeker. Hello and welcome to Senior Care Live. I'm Steve Keeker, your senior care consultant, and I really appreciate you tuning in. We have a great program for you here today, and this is uh, this is really, really excellent information. Uh, we have special guests in studio, Karen Honholt, and she is the Chief Development and Communications Officer with Kansas City Hospice and Palliative Care, and Dr. Iman Williams-Christians, Director of grief programs at, again, Kansas City Hospice and Palliative Care. And uh, Karen and Dr. Iman, welcome to Senior Care Live. Happy to be here. Thank you very much. All right. So, Dr. Iman, uh, you're here today to talk with us about some resources for people who are grieving uh, the loss of a loved one. And can, can you start off by telling the audience what grief is and uh, what some common responses uh, are to, to the grief? Thank you so much. Grief is the natural reaction to loss. It is um, unique to everyone, meaning it doesn't look different. It doesn't look the same for every single person. Um, and so there are a variety of reactions uh, that you might typically see. Um, some of the emotions you might experience are sadness and anger, and for some people, uh, guilt. Um, and for others, it might be peace. Uh, they were anticipating the loss um, and they were able to say their goodbyes. So you might experience some of those things or all of those things. Um, and we try very hard at Kansas City Hospice to normalize all of those reactions. I've seen all of the above. <laughs> when, <laughs> yes. When when I you know I mean it, if you've been on the on the earth for as long as I have, you've you know you've you've dealt with a lot of things and and. Um, um, you know, one of the things that sometimes grief comes along with a non-death kind of a loss. So here's a really weird one. <laughs> You're like, oh, this is probably more than I want to know. But we, uh, my wife was pregnant with triplets, mm -hmm. and they told us we had two boys and one girl. And so uh, my, they had to put my wife out for, you know, for the birth. And um, we, it, we ended up having three boys. Oh my goodness. Much to our surprise. So we had two sets of 
blue clothes for the babies and one set of pink. We had one pink uh, blanket for our daughter, but we had three boys. So I felt this was very, this was a, a major, like just a mental weird thing. I felt loss, mm-hmm. but I never had that daughter. Mm-hmm. Is, is that, does that make sense? So it, it was sense. bizarre. I, I celebrated the, the birth of our boys, but I felt loss for a while. It was very bizarre. So it, it doesn't have to be an actual death to feel grief. Right, exactly. And so at Kansas City Hospice, we um, we talk about grief and, and work with grief for both um, a person losses and also uh, non-death losses. So exactly what you're talking about, it could be um, you know finding out that a child is is not the the gender you were told or yeah. it could be yeah. um, the loss of a job or it could be the loss of a relationship um, through our programs we we talk about all of it so um, grief doesn't have to be um, a person loss um, for sure so that's a really great point that you've brought up yeah and you know we, we fell in love with this daughter we had her named the whole thing and then she wasn't there. It, it was. It, it still. It's. It's kind of. It's pretty weird. Uh huh. <laughs> and and I felt. And I've lost a job. Uh-huh. And I have felt grief of, of of losing a job and and moving away from those friendships that I had built at that company. That kind of thing. So, uh, so that those are all uh, really really good points. So, uh, what are some things that people should watch for if they think they or someone they care about needs help coping with their grief? Uh, some of the things to look out for are um, uh, maybe a friend or family member is struggling to get out of bed. Um, they are not engaging in the activities that they would typically engage in, whether it is um, you know getting up every morning or it's taking care of their children or if it's it's going to work. Um, every day. And some of this is to be expected in those first few weeks of grief. Um, but we find ways to, to, to cope and to, to move forward. Um, and um, if you're not seeing those things after a while, that might be um, a time to, to seek help, to seek counseling. And of course, if someone um, mentions suicidal thoughts, thoughts of harming mm. themselves, that would be a time to, to reach out for help. Um, the National Suicide Line has actually changed their number to make it simpler to reach out for help, which is okay. wonderful. So that number has uh, changed to 988. That's all you dial, or you can text that number, and there will be someone on the other end who can who can help you in that situation. All right, so you just dial 988, and that, that takes you straight, th- so you don't have to deal with the 1-800 number. No, nope, not anymore. Yeah, it changed as of August 1st. Okay, how often do you see someone who is so down because of the grief that that they actually think about ending it all? I mean, is that very common, or is that just more of an extreme situation? That's an extreme situation. That's typic- not typically what we see. Um, we always talk about grief is um, a natural response to, to loss, and um, uh, usually there's no intervention that needs to happen. For some, there are people who, who want to talk about their loved one. They don't have the social support to be able to do that, and so they reach out for counseling. Um, so, uh, but I would say when someone's having suicidal thoughts, that's um, atypical, um, but yeah. there is help out there to, for them. 
And I really appreciate you talking about nine eight eight. That's just so simple. So yes, um, yes. I'm, I'm going to I'm going to remember that. That makes it very easy. You know, we talk a lot on this show about healthcare options for people who are aging and managing a chronic illness or facing a serious or life threatening uh, health condition at Kansas City Hospice. Uh, and in addition to being a hospice and palliative care provider, uh, KC Hospice offers an array of grief support services. Uh, can you share more about what services are available for someone experiencing grief or a non-death loss? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, so if they are um, w- uh, working through a non-death loss, then that would be through our Passages program, which is under um, the umbrella of Solace House. And uh, Solace House um, offers uh, both groups and individual sessions. Um, but our Passages program is staffed with uh, licensed uh, social workers who um, most of them are trained in EMDR, some kind of trauma therapy. They work with both adults and children, and they do a wonderful job. See, and I just love that KC Hospice has a program. I hate that it's needed, mm-hmm. but I love that KC Hospice can serve the pediatric uh, patients and, and family members um, because they just, how can you process that when you're this little five or six-year-old kid? That, that has to be just about impossible. Yeah, it's it's very difficult um, because we don't talk about death and dying in our society. And so a lot of us feel unprepared to have those conversations, especially with kiddos. And what I always say is um, it's better to give the full picture um, in in appropriate terms, um, but to be very honest about what's happening in that situation. Um, I just talked about Solace House, but we also have um, our grief support Um, that um, is a benefit of Medicare. So you can get uh, 13 months of grief support um, with that uh, with at no cost with that Medicare benefit and we stay with the, the person the family members um, for those 13 months and they can get the support they need either through groups or individual sessions um, so that's how our um, our grief support works and then solace houses uh, typically families and children that we work with okay so 13 months so I mean, that's a, that's a it sounds like a long time, and obviously you could grieve for longer than that, but that that's a tremendous amount of support. Yes, we are very proud that we were able to offer that um, and um, that we are able to follow people for that long. Uh, in our society, it's thought that, you know, after six weeks, you know, you dust yourself off and you get back to work, get on with things. Um, but we know that grief is does not act that way. We're not able to sh- shove it in a closet and not think about it. Um, it is with us for life. And over those 13 months, we're building coping skills and building tools to be able to manage it um, and hopefully um, uh, connect people to other grievers who know where, what they're going through um, and to help them come through that. Well, and there's something about being around other people with that shared experience because mm-hmm. uh, you, you can kind of lean on each other and uh, and help you get through one of the most difficult times of your life. So that's uh, that is excellent. Uh, for more information about Kansas City Hospice and Palliative Care and all of the wonderful programs that they offer, just reach out to them at 816-363-2600 or online at kchospice.org. Now the Senior Care Live question of the week. And this is a true or false. 
Grief refers to emotions experienced after a loved one dies. Is that statement true or false? What's your answer? You're listening to Senior Care Live on the Senior Care Broadcasting Network. For more information, visit SeniorCareLive.com. We'll have more with Steve coming up next. Welcome back. You're listening to Senior Care Live on the Senior Care Broadcasting Network. For more information, go to SeniorCareLive.com. All right, back to the Senior Care Live question of the week. Grief refers to emotions experienced after a loved one dies. Is that statement true or false? And the answer is... False. The answer is false in Dr. Iman. Why is that statement false? While grief is experienced after a person dies, it is also experienced for other losses in life, including those not related to death. While there are emotional symptoms, grief affects all aspects of your life, including cognition, behavior, social interactions, spiritual beliefs, and physical health. All of the above. Uh, and I'll tell you, I, I've seen grief. Well, my dad, uh, unfortunately, was uh, had a terminal diagnosis um, of about six months with his particular type of cancer. It has a physical manifestation as well. Um, and I'm not even kidding. I saw my hairline recede probably an inch. And, and, I, and I had weird physical, I mean, I had physical reaction to this deep grief and, and the stress of it all and everything. So it'll just wipe you out. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. It'll just take you out. All right. So today we're speaking with Karen Honholt and Dr. Iman, uh, both from Kansas City Hospice and Palliative Care. And uh, Dr. Iman, uh, before the break, we discussed a lot of great information about what grief is and when to seek help and how to identify when someone else might need help. Uh, you described a lot of great resources. Uh, so were you able to uh, continue uh, those services during the pandemic? Because you know, everything changed, right? Right. And then as kind of a follow up question, you know, how are they currently being provided? Yeah, I mean, the pandemic definitely um, was uh, a challenge, uh, as it was for everyone. But we really rallied and we were able to offer all of our grief services uh, via telehealth. And um, it was well received um, uh, to some of our surprise. uh, And uh, we continue to offer some of our groups uh, via telehealth. And some people prefer it. One of the great things about offering uh, virtual groups or virtual services is that we are able to reach those who maybe uh, live a little further out of our service area. um, And they might have said no to grief services had that that option not been available. So as we are coming back in person and doing in-person groups and in-person sessions, we also have kept um, the virtual option open. So so you're doing both? Yes. Uh-huh. Yep. Okay. Uh, so can you tell me uh, about uh, something that we've, we've talked about on the program in the past? And uh, what is uh, a grief camp and uh, what does it look like normally? And then how did it look this year? 
So um, a grief camp is a time for kids um, and families to uh, get together. They have um, what they all share is loss, loss of a person in this case. And they are able to engage in typical grief activities such as um, uh, swimming and horseback riding and um, uh, roasting s'mores and all of those wonderful things and focus on grief activities. So we do something special called the luminary where um, we uh, write the person's name um, on a bag with it and we put a candle in it and we're able to acknowledge that person that we've we've lost. Um, so um, in the last year we've we've moved to day camps um, just because of uh, COVID-19 reasons and um, those have been really popular. Um, so um, uh, kids or families will come for a day and we'll do all of those things. We'll just compress the time to do them. Um, what we are doing September 16th through 18th our camp with our camp carousel is we're moving back to our overnight camps. Okay. Um, so that is where we're going. All right. And, and that's uh, that's a breath of fresh air. I mean, we're we're not out of the woods yet, but we're we're about there, I think. And so, just to just to have a return to normalcy, but still have the option of all, all of the virtual support is uh, uh, pretty incredible. So, again, for our listeners, uh, if you want more information about how to stay up to date with the grief grief support services offered by Casey Hospice uh, over the fall and the winter, uh, just go to caseyhospice.org/camp, or you could call the camp director, uh, Katie at 913-341-0318. And uh, Dr. Iman, uh, thanks for talking with us today and sharing this helpful information about grief and how to support someone uh, that you know is grieving a death or a loss uh, in their in their lives. Uh, thank you very much. All right. Thank you so much, Steve. All right. And now... Karen Honholt, Chief Development and Communications Officer with KC Hospice. And uh, uh, Karen, in in her description, uh, Dr. Iman mentioned uh, that KC Hospice grief support programming is available for families whose loved one uh, was serviced, uh, was actually on your service at at KC Hospice and and on that hospice service as part of the Medicare uh, hospice benefit uh, and and that your community-wide grief support programming is available for free of charge to anyone who's experienced a loss, uh, but that would include uh, uh, others outside of your program. Is, is that right? That's correct. And um, it's, you know, it's a, um, a great question. Actually, even for those who are on, on hospice service, of course, that's part of their benefit through Medicare, but uh, Kansas City Hospice actually serves us a large number of people who are not on Medicare uh, for a variety of reasons. Either they're um, younger and not yet eligible, uh, we have a lot of um, pediatric patients, for example, or just young families that are on service. And, um, and, and how are those services funded? Because it's not yeah. tied to that Medicare benefit. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. And so um, what they will, um, um, what we'll do is, you know, those services, and actually if you compare us to other um, hospices um, who are, you know, if you are Medicare certified, you're required to offer those um, those grief benefits, um, but you certainly are not required to offer them to the extent that we do. Yeah. And um, and if you look at Kansas City Hospice, we just offer, 
you know, we try to do it because it's the right thing to do. And we just go far above and beyond what you'll find at a lot of other programs. And we can do that with, um, you know, with support from our community. So it's our donors that support us. Um, we have grant funding that helps. Um, as you mentioned earlier, you know, the um, grief can take a lot out of you and it can actually affect academic performance for kids or behavioral performance. And so we have a lot of grant funders um, who understand that and help to support those efforts, knowing what a difference it makes for those families. Uh, that is uh, amazing. And why do you think uh, people choose to give to programs like these? Well, you know, grief is a, a universal experience. And um, typically, you don't understand um, much about it until you go through it. And then um, and then suddenly you understand all too well. And so a lot of our donors, they've been through it. They know what a difference a solid program like Kansas City Hospice offers makes for the community and they come back to support it. All right. And if someone is listening today and they're interested in becoming a KC Hospice Solace House donor, uh, what's that first step look like? Well, they can call us at um, 816-363-2600, and um, they can make a donation over the phone or go to our website, and it's kchospice.org backslash donate, um, and there's some a variety of options there that they can make a donation right online. They can also sign up to become a monthly donor because, you know, this need is ongoing, and we certainly appreciate that support. Excellent. For our listeners, stay tuned because we're going to talk about a major upcoming event that I think you will want to attend. You're listening to Senior Care Live on the Senior Care Broadcasting Network. Have a question? Visit SeniorCareLive.com. Stick around. We'll have more with Steve coming up next. Welcome back. You're listening to Senior Care Live on the Senior Care Broadcasting Network. For podcasts of the program, go to SeniorCareLive.com or wherever you get your podcasts. All right. So, Dr. Iman, we were visiting off mic on the break and talking about how you know Medicare requires certain things of there's like a minimum threshold, a minimum level of, of service and support, et cetera, for hospice providers. But it's just a well-known fact that KC Hospice goes way above and beyond that. Uh, can you give us some examples of that? One of the ways we do that is by providing um, our expressive therapies. So, for example, we have a music therapist who goes around and um, provides um, a therapy through music using her guitar, using her voice, or sometimes a patient will say, you know, I used to play the saxophone, and so she'll bring in that instrument, and um, they do really wonderful work together. So that's one example of uh, one of the ways we go above and beyond. Um, other ways, uh, we provide um, groups, of to kind of what we're seeing in the community. So an example is our sorting through group that came about uh, because uh, several people indicated they were having trouble of letting go of items that belong to their loved ones. And and um, they formed a group around that and bonded and were able to, hmm. to work through that. So that's an example of one of our groups. Um, but we also have men's group. Um, we have our Music Speaks group that our music therapist is doing, um, a Nurturing Your Grief in Nature, which is a walking um, in nature group, and then our spouse and partner loss groups. And that that is that's excellent. And these are not requirements. This is just one example of why, in my opinion, Kansas City Hospice is 
clearly at the top of the list of hospice and palliative care providers because they're, they're just a lot of extras that you provide voluntarily. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And you know, we feel like our, our patients are worth it. The families are worth it. And so we want to go above and beyond every time to meet their needs. And, and David Wiley, the president and CEO of KC Hospice, uh, has been on the program. And I remember clearly discussing with him how creative you all, your whole organization had to be to deliver some of these extras to people when we were all kind of shut down. Mm-hmm, absolutely. It is. It was a challenge, but we wanted to make sure that we delivered and everybody rallied and we were able to offer these groups uh, virtually, which is wonderful and um, uh, really got great feedback, even with um, the, the children's groups through Solace House. Um, try, imagine uh, a child sitting there with an iPad and trying to be engaged, but they absolutely were. Um, we just had to change the, the programming a little bit, the curriculum a little bit, but um, they absolutely were engaged. And so we still offer virtual groups that way. And I remember seeing uh, Casey Hospice uh, putting up you know, signs outside of assisted living communities and long-term care communities. Uh, I remember, uh, I may have seen this on Facebook, your music therapist playing uh, her guitar and singing outside of windows of, of some of these long-term care communities to uh, residents inside, you know, whatever it takes, right? Mm-hmm. Absolutely, yes, <laughs> so whatever that was pretty it cool. takes. I, I, thought that was, I thought that was great. So, uh, And then, uh, Karen, uh, we talk about fundraising, and uh, KC Hospice is a nonprofit organization uh, raising funds throughout the year. But we're coming up on that that signature fundraising event of the year. And that's coming up here before we know it here in about a month called Sunday Night Live. So tell us all about that. And I would love to invite our listeners to attend or contribute. Let's just talk about that. Absolutely. Thank you very much. So Sunday Night Live, uh, we've been, I think this is our sixth year down at the Power and Light, um, uh, the Casey Live block of Power and Light. We will be back in person this year, which we're very excited about. (laughs) Um, So we've had that event virtually for the last two years, and now we're back back at Power and Light. So um, we actually went down a couple weeks ago and did our food tasting. There's always great food there um, from several of the restaurants uh, there in the Casey Live um, block. And um, it is a, um, you know, it, not only is it a great time, but it makes a a tremendous difference in what we're able to offer. Our goal is uh, to raise 500,000 with that event. So half a million dollars, which goes straight to these programs that Dr. Iman has been um, talking about. And so, you know, our goal is always, um, you know, how do we, number one, what's the right thing to do for our patients and families? And how do we make that happen? And it's through our fundraising, um, through this event, that we're able to do that. So how do you raise a half a million dollars, um, first, first of all, uh, number one, number two, and then how, how are those dollars utilized uh, locally uh, for, uh, for so many, to, to help so many in our, in our community? Yeah, um, so that's a great question. Uh, actually, in total for the organization, we raise about $3 million. So this is just a oh, portion <laughs> of the, um, the dollars that we raise. Yeah. Um, and Sunday Night Live is a, um, we'll be holding it on October 2nd. It's a Sunday, of course, yeah. um, which it is every year. And um, and people can come and we have, in, uh, we have games in the event. We have um, a raffle packages. Um, we have some silent auction. And this year we're going to do a couple of live auction items, which we haven't done before. So oh. I'm kind of excited about that. We yeah. 
we um, have tremendous donors in the community. So we have actually 11 trips that were donated to us um, that were are part of those prize packages um, for people to either purchase a raffle for or um, to uh, be part of our silent auction. Um, we have um, some beautiful earrings. They're worth you know $3,500, these gorgeous diamond earrings. We have um, our foodie package, which is always you know a bunch of um, gift cards that uh, to area restaurants that have been donated to us. Just tremendous gifts um, that um, that our our planning committee goes out. They pound the pavement for um, nearly a year ahead, so they've been working on this for a very long time. Yeah. And um, and then we have our tremendous um, sponsors that that help us, and um, they contribute um, the dollars um, because they you know they're good partners to us, and they want to be a part of this mission and this effort. And then, of course, the people that attend the event. So um, tickets are on sale um, right now. You can actually go to kchospice.org backslash SNL um, for Sunday Night Live and um, and purchase tickets or actually um, purchase the a raffle ticket to participate. So even if you're not able to come out that night, you can still support us um, by purchasing a ticket and maybe winning a really fantastic prize. I buy the raffle tickets every year. So, <laughs> yes, I do too. I actually won my very first year um, that I when I started. Um, yeah. We had the event about two weeks after I started, and I won the foodie package. I'll be darned, which yeah. was fantastic. I got to try a lot of new restaurants. Cool, so. mm-hmm. that is really cool. And uh, uh, let's see. I think one time one of the travel packages is was to uh, Jamaica, I think, uh, or or some some place with palm trees and mm-hmm. probably and, Puerto Vallarta. Uh, that was that was definitely one of them. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, and the. The crystal blue water uh-huh. and the, you know, the umbrella drinks, you know, the whole thing. So, sure. like, I, sign me up. <laughs> Absolutely. That's one of our most popular ones. Yeah, yeah. That that was good. And uh, I think one of them was a, a trip to Chicago um, to, you know, to see the Windy City. Just all, mm-hmm. all this stuff. Just really, really nice, nice packages. Well done to the team for uh, working, you know, for a whole year to kind of put this whole thing together. So. Thank you. And our volunteers are just incredible. We're always um, happy to, um, you know, to work with them because they just they're passionate and they're dedicated and they do a lot of hard work for us all right so if you are interested in contributing to this uh this really this signature fundraising event for kc hospice just go online like uh like i do every year uh kchospice.org forward slash snl stands for sunday night live and the dollars, do they stay in town and where do the, how are the dollars used? Yeah, that's a great um, question. The dollars are 100% stay here in Kansas City. So um, all of our fundraising dollars do. We're a local organization. Um, all of our employees and our board are, are local um, to Kansas City. And, um, and so those dollars stay right here to support our own friends and neighbors in the community that need um, that assistance. And so um, that's the same thing with this event. Uh, those dollars go toward the services right here locally. Karen and Dr. Iman, uh, thank you so much for being here today. I really appreciate it and uh, looking forward to uh, uh, Sunday Night Live. That's going to be a a phenomenal event. Thank you. We're very excited. All right. And thanks again to uh, Karen Honholt and Dr. Iman, uh, again from Kansas City Hospice and Palliative Care. And you talk about a phenomenal organization. 
So they raise uh, hundreds of thousands of dollars at this upcoming event. Again, Sunday Night Live. It is a it's a, it's really quite an event. It's so well done. Uh, but I would encourage you if if you've been touched by by the stories and by the support, uh, I would encourage you to reach out and volunteer uh, with the organization. Donate to the organization every penny stays in our city and in the extended area. And let me say this, Kansas City Hospice does not turn away any patients. They provide uh, close to $600,000 of unreimbursed services for people who cannot pay. Okay, so this is a huge, huge, huge deal. It's an ideal opportunity to to support a gem, an absolute gem of, of a of a group and an organization here in town, kchospice.org forward slash SNL, or you could call 816-363-2600. I'll have more coming up next. You're listening to Senior Care Live on the Senior Care Broadcasting Network. To contact Steve or a guest on his show, visit SeniorCareLive.com. We'll have more coming up. Welcome back. You're listening to Senior Care Live on the Senior Care Broadcasting Network. Have a question? Visit SeniorCareLive.com. All right, so last week I talked about the cost of assisted living. I also talked about the cost of independent living. And uh, and I didn't get too much into, you know, entrance fee versus rental only on that uh, independent living side of things. I, I touched on that a little bit. Talked about some of the costs. Um, There are a couple of other levels that I'll talk about right before we get to long-term care. Uh, but I, I think it's it's worth noting. So I, I talked about assisted living last week is averaging uh, uh, five thousand to eight thousand uh, dollars. I talked about most of the pricing models uh, is a, it's a base cost plus a level of care charge. So if you need a little bit of help, you're going to be paying less than someone needing a lot of help. Okay, and the other variable that would impact that five thousand to eight thousand dollars would be the size of the apartment. Obviously, a studio is less than one bedroom is less than a two bedroom. So, uh, so you have the size of the apartment and the level of care, and that uh, those are the main two drivers of that uh, pretty large uh, variance there between five thousand and eight thousand dollars. But that's going to cover the majority of them. Uh, so, what if you have a residential care facility (RCF)? I like to generally describe that as assisted living light. Typically, the residents at a residential care community will be a little more independent. They need a little less care and support, so you're going to also pay a little bit less. What I've seen in RCFs, uh, somewhere between about $3,500 on the low end, upwards to you know maybe $5,500, $6,000 right in there. Uh, that's the average uh, cost range for an RCF. Uh, and then we have a, a special uh, designation uh, here uh, in our neighborhood. Uh, it's called Home Plus. And essentially, it's the assisted living level of care delivered to a small number of individuals living literally in a house. 
So this Home Plus concept started on the coast, and then as with everything, it takes about you know five to ten years to make its way to the center of the country. And uh, of course, we've had Home Plus here for quite a while, but uh, it's it's very very uh, routine as far as being uh, available uh, on the coasts. Still relatively new here, I'd say about 10, 12 years. But uh, but that Home Plus level of care, it's a small number of residents, and uh, they. Uh, they they enjoy a home like setting i mean you're in a house, so they've got that covered. You have your own bedroom, and then you have the common areas, the living room and the uh, kitchens, et cetera, et cetera. But the cost uh, at a home plus level of care is going to be uh, $6,500 to about $8,500 a month, uh, and that is that is the range uh, for home plus. Now, at the long-term care level, again, this is uh, also commonly known as a nursing home. This is the highest level of care. This is a medical model, uh, and again, where uh, they do everything that assisted living can provide. So they can help with those ADLs or those activities of daily living, uh, plus full medical care, wound care, catheter care, pain management, uh, diabetic management with insulin injections. I mean, it goes on and on and on. Uh, tube feeding, IV therapy, uh, two-person transfer, uh, etc. So this is the highest level of care. And this is the primary level of care that Medicaid uh, will pay for. There are some exceptions. I won't get into that today, but our government will pay all day, every day for a nursing home level of care, assuming that you qualify. All right. And and if you don't qualify, then obviously it's private pay until you do. So there are a couple of different options at a nursing home. All right. So first of all, the most common option available is what's referred to as a semi-private room or a shared room. Okay, so that means that you're in a small room and you have a roommate. Not ideal. Okay, uh, but always remember that nursing home level of care, that's the most restrictive level of care. It's not much about your personal space, and it's mostly about the care and the support that you receive. So that room is really not to be used, uh, it's not intended to be used as an apartment where you would, you can hang out there all day, and you can stay in your room all day if you want to, but the intention is that that room is really more of a bedroom where you take a nap uh, you know, during the daytime, and obviously you would sleep there overnight. And then during the day, again, the intention, ideally, you're out of your room and you're out utilizing other parts of the building, other parts of the community. You're going to meaningful activities and uh, you're, you're going to and from dining three times a day, et cetera, et cetera. So uh, you're, you're going down to take your shower and, and all of these sort of things. So, uh, so, uh, so a shared room... And again, I said this last week, don't wreck your car, don't swerve, don't choke on your coffee. (laughs) Uh, A shared room is going to be somewhere between $7,000 to $9,000 per month. That is going to be the cost. And you're in some people are like, for a shared room and I have a roommate for yeah, that that is the cost. 
Now, in in smaller, more rural, or maybe smaller towns out in the country a little bit, might be a little bit less than that or on the lower end of that. If we're in a major metropolitan area, it could definitely be higher than that. Okay, I'm just giving you kind of a, an average, like 7,000 to 9,000 should cover most places. Now, if you want a private room in long-term care, also known as a nursing home, this is when it gets super, super pricey. A private room in a nursing home is going to be anywhere from $9,500 to about $15,000 per month. Now, I know someone, I heard someone all the way across the country just choke on their on, on their uh, on their coffee. <laughs> They're like, what? What was that? Right? Yeah, that, that's right. About ninety five hundred to about fifteen thousand dollars a month. And just just remember, it's the most restrictive level of care. Again, what you're paying for, you, it's not about your personal space. You have very little personal space, and it's mostly about the care and the support uh, that that you're paying for. Uh, so. The biggest private room in long-term care it still isn't very big. It would be the, the size of what would I would consider would be a really small studio apartment. Okay, but at least it's your own private room. So, you know, you might have long-term care insurance or you may be uh, very fortunate you've invested well and that you're able to afford that. I mean, that's fantastic. But uh, but if there's a chance that you might outlive your assets and you're, you're looking at long-term care communities, you're looking at nursing homes, Okay, if you think there's a chance that you might outlive your assets, you need to make sure and do not assume anything. Make sure that that nursing home is Medicaid certified. You need to have a discussion about that. Now, with senior care consulting, we take care of all that for you. We don't let you make a mistake like that. Right. But most people do this on their own. And so just make sure that you have your bases covered, because the last thing you want to do is uh, have to move when you're out of money uh, into to another community. So just uh, just cover your bases on that. All right. I'm Steve Keeker, and I wish you grace and peace. May God bless you and your family on this day and always. Join me next week right here on Senior Care Live. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. 
Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.